The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So did you hear as well that uh, Ellen Schmigelski, the father um, of, of, of Breyer, has, has written a book? He's written a book. And I don't know how he's written a book in five days or seven days, whatever, you know, it has been. It's 132 pages, I guess, maybe if you, you know, yeah, you get right and you get on a good stream. But for someone who's actually written a book, <laughs> you know, it takes a very, very long time. But yeah, this guy has uh, written a book. Um, he sent it to some reporters. It's called Red Flagged. Um, it talks about uh, mental health, uh, harassment convictions involving his ex-wife, and talks about his his fugitive son. But is that tacky? How's it? That's tacky. And and I, I just start to wonder, you know, how much, you know, if Dad needs some some big help here as well. Every time I hear him talk or I see him, I'm starting to think that, um, you know, he. He needs some some big help uh, as well on many different fronts. So what is going through the minds of the two suspects as they remain on the run from police? With some thoughts on that, we're joined by Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of Toronto and an expert in criminal psychology, Ju Young Lee. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, so... If these allegations are true, and this is a killing spree... Um, done by these uh, two men. What motivates someone to do this, Ju Young? Well, that's a tough question. There are a lot of things that can motivate a person to do this. Um, you know, again, I think we should be careful and state that these young men are still suspects right. at large. Um, they haven't been convicted. But when people do go on killing sprees, uh, they tend to be motivated by deep-seated anger, um, a sense of resentment toward the world, a history of disconnection from people, whether that's diagnosed into like a psychopathology or not, varies quite a bit. But essentially, these are individuals who are very disconnected from the world, who lack empathy, who you know feel as if they've been wronged by the world in mm. some way and use violence as a way to get back at the world. Is it... Um to, to see, again, their suspects, no, no one's been convicted here, but when you look at, you know, um, this allegedly being have, having been done in, in pairs, like the two of them together, is that rare? No, not really. No? There, are another, there are other cases, uh, like the Beltway Snipers, for example. That's what I was thinking of, who yeah. go, who go on sprees together, and typically what happens is there, are, there is a person who is in charge, they're sort of the leader, the other person is a follower who, you know, is drawn to them or their charisma or because they are kind of a loner and and somebody who sees the other person as an alpha male. Um, so these, the, the, the pair dynamic is something we see quite a bit and part of it is that, you know, two people working together can help each other muster up the nerve to commit violence. Mm. It's, not, it's not always the individual who can pull it off by themselves. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you if in situations like this, if there, there would tend to be a leader and a follower, if one person might have a more dominant uh, um, personality. Um, and yeah, you just explained that that's uh, likely the case. So the longer they're on the run, um, you know, what, what, what could possibly be going through their minds right now? I'm thinking that 
um, you know, uh, fear, um, you know, especially if, you know, someone's getting close to them and the paranoia has to be massive. Yeah. I mean, we've been into this investigation now for over a week. They know that entire nation of law enforcement are really looking for them and people are on the lookout. Um, so this is a very difficult process. You know, initially when you're on the run, it can be kind of exciting. It can be daring. Uh, but that begins to wear off very quickly once you realize that you can't do all the things that you typically do in your daily life. You can't go on social media. You can't go out to get some food. You know, you can't be seen in public. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot more challenging than you would assume. And, you know, not to mention that they're very socially isolated at this moment mm-hmm. because they're trying to evade capture. So those mm-hmm. things all add up. Um, the father yeah, that I was just mentioning that has now written this book said in one of the first interviews that he believes his son was uh, will, <laughs> will go out in a blaze of glory. Um, the longer that they're on the run, how much more volatile does this get? I mean, it, 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 it does get more volatile. And the main reason for that is that, um, you know, when people are in this kind of heightened state of fear and in paranoia, uh, when they have that fight or flight mentality, um, they become very volatile. Mm-hmm. And in particular, these young men now realize that they may go to jail for a very long time if they're found guilty of doing what they're suspected of doing. Um, and so that's not a very attractive option for most people. And that can also incite fear, which can lead to violence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's been talk about this, you know, no turning back now mentality. Okay, we've, we've gone this far, so we have to keep on going. Um, you know, at, at one point, I, I think to myself, you know, could it just be okay? You come out with your hands up and it's, and it's a peaceful thing. Or is it going to, you know, just be an awful ending and um with that no turning back now mentality is that do you think where they might be right now it could be it's hard to say because there are instances where people get so fatigued and so broken down after being on the run that they would rather just have it all be over and go to prison uh but there are other people who will you know see this as you know, an, an even greater threat, mm. the fact that they might go to prison. And so that can also inspire desperation and violence. Um, there's been talk, you know, the um, the uh, the sighting in York Landing last night was at a dump. And I, I was wondering uh, a little bit how hunger uh, plays with the mind after a little while. Can you offer any insight on that? Yeah, I mean, it, if we think about our our basic necessities for life. We need food, water, we need sleep, um, we need comfort and shelter. These things are deprived. You don't have access to them when you're on the run, particularly when you're out in the wild. And, you know, these kinds of things, if you deprive a person long enough, they begin to uh, get very desperate and tired. Mm -hmm. And that can really wear a person down psychologically. Like it can really change everything from, you know, how you see the world to just like everyday decision making so i think that the fact that they're likely unable to have a regular source of these necessities that's that's definitely going to work in the favor of of ending this soon hopefully you've uh, likely seen that video of uh the two walking through the grocery store i think it was in meadow lake saskatchewan looking quite calm and collected and walk through and then out the door and this would have been um days after the alleged crimes had taken place 
you know, when you look at, at, at that, Ju Young, does that tell you anything? I mean, I think some people are thinking, my gosh, he just looked really calm and not necessarily what you would expect given what was going on. You mean in terms of their their appearance and their identity? Well, I guess just to me, it was like if if they've if they have killed three people just to be calmly walking through a grocery store in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, um, just so calm, cool, and collected, it just seemed odd for me to see it that way. Not that I would, ex- I, I guess, you know, do I expect them yeah. to be running around with their, you know, pulling their hair out? No, it just seemed so cold. Mm-hmm. I think maybe is is what it is. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty normal, uh, pretty common reaction to seeing somebody accused of killing not embodying what they think of a killer. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing that we have to remember, and I teach a lot of courses on serial homicide as well, is that you know, serial killers are the poster boys for living this way, for fooling the world, and for putting on a mask. Um, not to mention that just there is this sort of emotional high that peaks right around the time when you commit violence, and then you can return to a semblance of your normal everyday life uh, and still not be in that kind of heightened state mm. of adrenaline. So it, it could be in any number of things. We just don't know enough quite yet about them yeah your thoughts on um you know in the the, uh, early days there was some of that um uh nazi paraphernalia um that was shown in some photographs um that was sent um between uh one of the suspects and another gamer that uh, he had done some online gaming with does that go back into um motivation the possible you know motivation if you go right back to the very start of our uh, of our, our our conversation it could be, and again, we don't know yeah. enough yet to really make that jump, but the fact that a young man is um, interested in that kind of paraphernalia to me suggests that he might be influenced by people who are spreading that kind of ideology mm. online, whether that's through gaming or through other kinds of social media, um, and that's a pattern we see in a lot of you know, mass killers, at least, that there is this sort of fascination with people who have committed genocide, mass genocide, and Hitler is certainly one of the more popular mm-hmm. figures in that world. Ju Young Lee joining me this afternoon. Ju Young, I want to thank you for taking the time, uh, offering some insight uh, on this this afternoon. Always, uh, always uh, appreciate uh, your time. Thank you for having me.